Welcome to episode 24 of the Leadership in Context podcast with Keith Tusi. The infilling of the Holy Spirit is critical to the overcoming and victorious life that every church, every Christian needs. Welcome to Leadership in Context, a conversation on leadership in the context of the local church. For show notes, email podcast at innerpastors.com. And now here's Keith Tucson. I want to read a scripture to you, Acts 2.4. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. When was the last time you preached a message or you heard a good message preached on the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Looking at our present church situation across the the planet, so to speak, in charismatic and full gospel churches, it seems to me that we are noticeably having a lack of power when it comes to divine healing and demon deliverance. Could it be because we've neglected the very first step, and that is making it essential and critical and very important for new believers and believers of of any maturity to be filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues? I want to talk to you about our distinctives as Pentecostal and charismatic people. Of course, the word Pentecostal comes from Pentecost, That was the day of Pentecost when they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. We refer to, of course, as the day of Pentecost. Another common term is full gospel. So as charismatic, Pentecostal, or full gospel believers, there are certain distinctions that we have that we embrace, but foundational to all of them is people being filled with the Holy Spirit. Here's a good question I think to ask. In the Bible, the model was people were saved, they were baptized in water, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. As as believers in this, we believe that the Holy Spirit infilling was a distinctive second act, okay, of God's process of sanctifying us and redeeming us and filling us. That while we are ministered to in the Holy Spirit in the new birth and regenerated by the Holy Spirit, The baptism of the Holy Spirit is indeed a subsequent experience. That's what I believe. That's what most charismatic, Pentecostal, full gospel people believe. And because we believe that, then it opens the door to believe the things that the Holy Spirit does through his people, through his church. What are some of those things? Well, the most obvious would be the manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit, the nine gifts spoken of in 1 Corinthians 12. Again, how familiar are we with those? How much teaching have we had or our people had? When was the last time there was a series done on those type of things? Uh, Another thing that we believe in is the deliverance from demonic powers. Uh, The word possessed is not necessarily a great biblical word, but the word demonized certainly is. Uh, Somebody once said, you know, can a Christian... Uh, have a demon? I think that's the wrong question. I think the question is, can a demon have a Christian? There are no doubts that uh, deliverance is available for believers, and in some cases for non-believers to come into the kingdom, as we see in the scripture. So we believe in casting out devils by the finger of God, which is the Spirit of God. But again, if there's no baptism in the Holy Spirit, if there's no understanding of the gifts of the Spirit, 
then we're not going to see deliverance happen on much of a scale. Another aspect of the Pentecostal faith, the full gospel faith, is believing in laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover. I think, to be honest, we have to admit we are not seeing power healings. Uh, I've been in the kingdom now about 42 years, and I have I am not seeing the power healings that I actually have witnessed personally in years gone by. Uh, could it be it's because there is a low ebb of the Spirit-filled atmosphere where the Holy Spirit is pouring himself not out on us, but out through us, indeed, as we're filled with the Holy Spirit. Another manifestation of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a spiritual uh, desire to become holy, to become more Christ-like, and the power to go with that. Sanctification and consecration. I am aware that in many circles, some of this leads to legalism. I'm not talking about legalism. I'm not talking about outward holiness. I'm talking about inward dedication. I'm talking about inward sanctification. I'm talking about inward purity. These are elements of the power of the Holy Spirit and that people are baptized in the Holy Spirit. Another manifestation of the Spirit-filled life is a worship that is beyond just natural and human response where we worship God not only in truth, but we worship God in spirit. These are some of the things that are critical to the overcoming life and the victorious life that every believer needs and every church needs indeed. And my contention here is I think we've neglected one of the foundation stones, and that is making it a focused effort to, to understand that people being baptized in the Holy Spirit upon their conversion is really not something that should be put off, that they don't have to wait for. Yes, they could use some teaching, they could use some instruction, but we see the biblical model is hands were laid on them immediately after salvation, and they received the Holy Spirit. I know when I was pastoring, we did uh, encounter weekends, freedom weekends, and uh, one of the greatest things I loved about it is people got filled with the Holy Spirit. People that had been in church many, many years, had been prayed for many, many times. Uh, some had never been prayed for because they were so afraid they wouldn't receive or they weren't sure. Uh, almost 100% of those people being filled with the Spirit. Which brings up the other question is what happens when you uh, preach it and you pray for people and nothing happens? Well, you do it some more. The same thing that you do when people uh, don't get healed when you preach on divine healing. The same thing you do when you preach on salvation and people uh, don't get saved. The same thing you do when you preach on forgiveness and people don't want to forgive somebody. We keep sowing the word in and believing God to respond. Now, let's say that this word is hitting you and you're saying, that's right, in our church, in my ministry, or in the ministry I'm a part of, we need to emphasize the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It seems like it's just something that has gotten away from us. How could we do it? Well, here's a simple strategy. What if you forecast to do a special series on the Holy Spirit, maybe three weeks or four weeks, whatever it may be, and then promising people at the end of that third week, we're going to have a special time of prayer, maybe right after the service or at the altar time in the service or come back Sunday night. We're going to have a special worship and prayer. And people are going to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. In other words, cast that plan out there. Give them some solid teaching. Answer some of the biblical questions. You know, you may have 
uh, some cessationist in your church. They believe that, you know, this stuff was all in the Bible and God, God kind of does it like interestingly every now and then, but we really can't count on that. And uh, that's a sensationalist, okay? They, they just believe that everything has ceased. And then you might have some dispensationalists. They believe that God has preordained certain times and certain seasons, and this isn't one of them. Uh, I mean, just to cut to the quick. And so when you preach like this, uh, you'll come to understand. I had an interesting conversation with a, a dear pastor friend of mine just recently talking about one of his leaders uh, and this was after I was already convicted about preparing and doing the podcast on this subject. He discovered that one of his leaders not only was not filled with the Holy Spirit, but actually had reservations and wasn't sure the baptism of the Holy Spirit was available for all believers. He didn't doubt that some good friends of his had had a genuine experience and spoken other tongues, but he thought maybe that was not the norm or what the average believer could expect. So... I think when we preach it, we need to really emphasize that it is for all believers, not just, you know, elite few or those that are called into ministry. So I want to encourage you uh, to think about doing a series on it. I want to encourage you to have a, a set time where you're going to pray for people and then make that a regular occurrence. You know, on a regular basis, call out to people. If you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, begin to let their spirits want want to desire that. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. And then begin to lay hands on people and see what God has done. I think our reservoir is too low. I believe we'll raise the Holy Spirit volume uh, in our local bodies, then we'll have some of those more Holy Spirit dynamic expressions that cause people to get set free and cause people to be delivered. Hey, I hope you take these thoughts seriously. From my heart to yours, this is Keith Tusi with Leadership in Context. Today, Keith began a series of conversations about the filling of the Holy Spirit. The infilling of the Holy Spirit is a foundational stone that has been neglected in many churches. If we purpose to raise the Holy Spirit volume in our local body, we will see more of those Holy Spirit dynamic expressions that cause people to get set free. Thanks for listening this week to another episode of Leadership in Context with Keith Tusi. Join us next week as Keith continues to put leadership truths in the context of the local church. As always, subscribe, like, rate, and share our podcast. For show notes or to ask Keith a question, email podcast at innerpastors.com. If you would like more information, check out our website, innerpastors.com. Make sure you follow us on Facebook and Instagram at innerpastors. See you next week.